If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Keep Bright on a Birmingham City podcast by us here at Birmingham Live. I'm Brian Dick and I'll shortly introduce our Blues reporter Alex Dickin. Just to set the table for you, we are two games into the Tony Mowbray era. Two unbeaten games, late goals, progress in the FA Cup. Uh, it's all been jam, hasn't it, Alex Dickin? Yes, uh, thank you, Brian. And um, Progress on the pitch, I think, as well. In the first yeah. two games under Tony Mowbray, obviously... You know, a late fought back twice against Swansea to get a point, a deserved point, it must be said at least. Um, and then again, another fight back against Hull City on Tuesday in the FA Cup to to get a 2 1 win. Um, we'll come on to it in, in greater depth, I know, but um, it's been all positive so far, really, in the sound bites Mowbray has given and in the performances we've seen on the pitch. Um, I've been nothing but impressed. Yeah, so from the opening press conference last Thursday, I think it was at Henley and Arden to uh, trying to find this, a Wi-Fi signal in the nag's head to uh, the comeback against Swansea City um, to last night with a much-changed team. Uh, it does. It just feels altogether more sensible. So um, yeah, we'll we'll uh, first up, I suppose, is is a little bit of chat about. Um, last night's FA Cup win, and then we'll talk, we'll, we'll draw some sort of strings together or any threads that we can regarding what we have what we think may have changed in, in the last two games. We'll have a look ahead at the next five matches, uh, most of which, well, four of which are away from home. And then, as ever, we'll take your questions and takes. So, yeah, you, you were there last night, Alex. Um, Birmingham City 2, Hull City 1, loads of changes. Um, in, in fact, I think Hull put out a completely different eleven. Um, so, what what were your main takeaways from from last night's two-one uh, win? Yeah, seven changes of Blues. Well, I was speaking to Tony Mober afterwards, and he said that he'd earmarked the two the first two games to to have a look at everyone, um, and he's pretty much done just that now. Um, you know, changed the front line completely. Um, didn't play a centre back. We'll come on to that in a little bit, but it was it was actually not bad in the first half. Blues probably had more territory. Um, created some decent openings. There were a couple of chances. Obviously, Lungello hit the post. Jordan James put in a very decent ball for that Ramel Donovan was inches away from connecting with in the middle. Uh, Blues obviously started with the 4-2-3-1 formation that Mowbray played against Swansea as well, but it was without a striker this time. It was uh, Ramel Donovan was the furthest forward. Jordan James as well, just behind him. Mowbray said afterwards it was like playing with two false nines as he did at Sunderland. We know, you know, Sunderland last season under Mowbray had issues with strikers. Spent most of the second half of the season playing without one. So it was similar to that. 
Um, Blues didn't really have the cutting edge in the box. I think at the start of the second half, I really started to notice it in the first 15 minutes of that. When, you know, Blues are putting some very inviting crosses into the box, particularly through Manny Langello and Oliver Burke as well from the right-hand side. And there was, there was just nobody in there. Um, fair play to Mowbray. He, he used all of his all of his five subs in, in one fell swoop on in the 64th minute and, you know, introduced five quality players from the bench and it made a huge difference. And Blues were, were completely dominant in the final 25 minutes of the game. And there was only really, in my opinion, although Hall boss Liam Rossini thought differently, only one team that was going to win it. And uh, Blues got their rewards right at the end and saved us all from, from extra time on a, on a cold Tuesday evening. Yeah, indeed. Uh, you mentioned the fact there was no centre back, so no centre forward either, was there really? So there was, you know, there was there was seven changes, no strikers, no central defenders, and uh, Blues have come from behind and, and gone through. So did, did did it to you, given you know those parameters of not having sort of round pegs in round holes, particularly? Did the organ did the organisation look okay, even though it was a makeshift team, which you know potentially only had one or two days to work on it? Yeah, defensively they limited Hull to to few chances really. Uh, even if you look at the Hull goal, it was a, in my opinion, a mistake by Christian Bielik. You know he's got to mop that up. He's taken a poor touch, and um, Billy Sharp's nipped in, and then you know the overlap has come. And in the the position that Bielik has vacated in the middle, Lakilo is kind of just running in and, and slid in the uh, the cross and scored. So um, that came against the run of play that goal and. There wasn't really a great deal for Hull from there on, to be honest. Um, they had a few moments in the second half before the changes, but nothing that that you know suggests Blues were on the back foot at all. Um, and we'll come on to the statistics later, but they they look quite good in the first two Mowbray games. Um, I thought the organisation structure was quite good. I think that's the one thing I've noticed in the first two games in the Mowbray, and that you know they've gone back to a four-two-three-one shape where everyone seems quite comfortable, but. Even when Blues attack, it, it, you know there's a there's a solid three three man defence there because Lee Buchanan, the left back, has been tucking inside, and Cody Dramay has been given a little bit more licence. Um, last night, Buchanan was at centre back, um, so it was actually Langello at left back, and Langello was the player, the full back, given more licence to roam forward, and Cody Dramay at right back was was tucking inside, showing another string to his bow, um, and Dramay actually went to to centre back for the final. 25 minutes and look quite comfortable there. So, yeah. you know, the centre back thing. Uh, if you looked at Mowbray Sunderland team last year, I think they got to the, they got to the playoffs semi finals and they played a back three. And one of the the outside centre backs was Lyndon Gooch, who's a who's a winger yeah. by trade. So yeah. he's all four auxiliary centre backs and um and that and worked Luke, well. Yeah, and Luke O'Nine Luke as well. As well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's he, He's basically Defensive become a centre back. Yeah, yeah, he's basically yeah. become a centre back now. So, so yeah, he's he's obviously experimenting and trying to find players who can play there. Um, Drame looked okay there. Bielik, I know he made the mistake and looked very ropey in the first half at times, but second half he he did improve and mm. and was very dominant and strong on the front foot. So maybe they are options going forward for him. Yeah. So obviously the the game kind of. The, the game turned on the five substitutions. I, I think, to be fair, John Ruddy also pulled out. You know, mm-hmm. a, a, wasn't a great save. It was a save you expected him to make, but it was an important save, wasn't it? Um, I, just before uh, Blues equalised, um, but it was though. It was those those five substitutions. So on came Sunjic, on came um, Mayoshi, Dembele, Tyler Roberts, Jay Stansfield, and off went Longello Anderson. 
um, Gary Gardner, Ramel Donovan, and Oliver Burke. So you, you really are sort of by that time you you get into something like the the A team, aren't you? Um, and it and it was a noticeable turnaround and felt like felt like Hull weren't really. I know they put some senior players on as well, didn't they, towards the end of the game? But it, it felt like they weren't really in it and they were there for the taking. Then do you agree with that? Yeah, there are a few young players in that whole back line as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as soon as that quality came on in forward areas for Blues, I thought there was only one team going to score. And, you know, it took two and a half, three minutes before before Stansfield got the equaliser. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it, to be fair, it wasn't great goalkeeping. It was a, a long shot by Miyoshi that was parried out, but a very, very good finish from Stansfield, rifled into the roof of the net. And that's what we've come to expect from him. Um, but, yeah, Blues are the team that was pushing late on. And... Uh, Found a few decent openings before a ball broke Stansfield. Pullback was good. Miyoshi air swing, but second attempt got it in there. And, you know, it was, um, for my, in my opinion, just rewards for the performance, but also for the bravery of Tony Mowbray. Because how often you see a manager make five subs in one go, you know, when it was three, you saw that sometimes. You mm. see three now still, but for five in one go with 30 minutes of a, of a cup tie that could go to extra time to go. Um, you know, that's, that's a pretty pretty big risk as he admitted afterwards but it paid off yeah particularly when Bakuna went down late on as yeah. well and they and they potentially at that uh, at that stage were looking at extra time with 10 men weren't they just for 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 a brief time so yeah I, I suppose Mowbray's real motivation was getting through without without extra time wasn't it and and they, they've done that and it's it's just just nice to be the one scoring late goals and, and and winning games. And yeah, you know, Leicester City away. I mean, the cup draw this season has been the definition of underwhelming, hasn't it? It mm. really has. Um, you know, a trip to Hull and now a trip to Leicester. Um, but yeah, what that will do is it'll shunt the Middlesbrough game into midweek, I think. Is that right? Yeah, it should. Uh, yeah. Um, but... You know that's that's a free hit, isn't it? And be interesting to see what Enzo Maresca does with the uh, with the with the Leicester team as well. Um, obviously, one of the talking points from last night was Stansfield coming off the bench and uh, scoring his equaliser. Uh, and there was also it was a Jude Bellingham esque photo um, two about three years ago. It was a January transfer window, and Jude scored and uh, ran towards the corner of the cot, pointing at the ground, saying, "I'm staying here." And this was at a time when uh, when Man United, speculation linking with Man United was absolutely fevered. There's a photo of Stansfield looked to be doing doing something similar, wasn't there? Um, sort of pointing to pointing to the turf as though as though he was staying here. And you spoke to Tony Mowbray after that as well. What what were the sort of the uh, the, the sort of the the, the the tones coming out as as regarding that? And do you read anything into that picture? Yeah, I think the most the, the biggest thing I'm reading into at the moment is that Fulham haven't recalled him. We're 17 days in. Um, you know, we're almost three weeks into the window. Um, he's been allowed to play four games this month, including two FA Cup games, which means, you know, he'd be cup-tied for whatever team he joined next. Um, so that's the most positive thing I'm taking away from it. And Tony Mowbray said himself that he spoke in Stansfield, had a one-on-one with him. He's had a one-on-one with most players now, pretty much everyone, and said that he thinks Stansfield wants to stay here and that he's happy here. He likes it in the dressing room. He likes the players. Um, he's obviously built up a good rapport with the fans as well. Um, he's a contender for player of the season in that he's got eight goals in 20-odd in games and he's been a game-changer for Blues and scored some really big goals and, and again against Hull he scored another. So the, the, the Mowbray did warn against, you know, Stansfield leaving and going to a team at the top of the top, towards the top of the table, you know, it's obviously Ipswich Town and 
not playing so much football, you know, because they're doing so well. And whereas at Blues, he's going to play, Mowbray said himself, most of the minutes here between now and the end of the season. So I think it's a, it'd be a sensible decision to stay at Blues. It feels like the right one. Um, there's obviously some, some time on that little window, that recall window to go, but um, all the noises point towards him staying now. Mowbray seemed quite confident of that, which is, which is obviously a big positive for Blues. Yeah, absolutely. And Stansfield doesn't look like a, a player who's agitating to to leave the cl- to move on or leave the club. Um, you know, his body language is good. His, his effort level, effort levels are very good. Um, so yeah, <laughs> hopefully the signs are pointing that that, that he should stay. I, I wonder. You know, speculating now. I wonder had the situation had Rooney still been here, Rooney really wasn't getting the best out of him, and I and I wonder if if that situation might have been different. But at the moment. You know, potential playing wherever he'll play in in that four two three one. If it's if it's you know as a as a as a false nine or a ten or you know probably not the one. I I I don't think maybe off the side of the three. Um, it does seem to have his role, and um, yeah, he's you know he it it just all points to keep keeping the show on the road for now and having a, a proper good season and going back to Fulham in in the summer and. and taking it from there so yeah hope hopefully no news is good news on that on that front i think blues are looking at trying to sort of get strike an early agreement with fulham that you won't go back but um until it's easy you know till that that window is actually closed then uh, there's there is a little bit of anxiety um i want to talk about christian bielik as well you've kind of mentioned that that you know he was at he was at fault for the first goal which he was really, I, you know, the, he, he misjudged a bouncing ball on halfway, didn't he? And then he never, mm. never looked like getting getting back. And I, I was, I felt he was really quite poor against um, Swansea on Saturday. Uh, obviously, he's a deep lying midfielder, and you you could see Tony Mowbray's frustration with him, couldn't you? Um, you know, for slowing the ball down, for taking two or three touches, sometimes for doing like a whole three hundred and sixty degree turn before before he even look to play forward and often he wouldn't then play forward what what are you thinking about where Bielik is and how he fits into the machine he's become a real talking point hasn't he um, yeah. when at the start of the season first 10 11 games he was a talking point for being probably the standout player and most important player in John Eustace's system uh, but again it's horses for courses isn't it and he should technically because we know he's a good player be able to fit into this style of play but there have obviously been teething issues and in Mowbray's first two games, there have been problems again. Swansea, I thought he was actually probably the one of the poorest Blues players, um, if I'm being honest. There were multiple instances where a ball's dropped him in midfield and he's had a, the chance to play forward quickly and because he's he's not kind of got it out of his feet, he's, he's had to turn backwards and, and you saw Mo, Mowbray completely exasperated mm. on the touchline. So there are obviously problems there uh at centre back I actually thought he started poorly against Hall I thought he grew into it as Blues became more aggressive and played more on the front foot particularly after the subs happened it seemed to suit him I don't think he, he wasn't playing against Hall's first choice striking option uh mm. in Liam Delap so or, or even Aaron Connolly so um you know there's not really a lot to judge him on there as a centre-back. I don't think he's going to be a centre-back long-term, but as as I mentioned earlier, Mowbray has has you know created auxiliary centre-backs in the past. Um, 
I think he just needs he needs to improve, doesn't he? He needs to get better because Blues have invested a, a lot in him in signing him from Derby and giving him a three-year contract. Mm. You know, with Christian Bielik, a Polish international, somebody who's been good for Blues over the last 18 months, we shouldn't be talking about him him moving on in the summer um, or him not being suited to the style of play. He, need, he needs to get better. He needs to fit in. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Yeah, and I actually thought there were signs of it. Obviously, with Eustace, as you said, he was a key player and... and, and he seemed to play his role really well in 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 the in the machine. I keep calling it, you know, his 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 cog. Um, I thought with Rooney there were signs. You know, Rooney obviously wanted to do what Mowbray's trying to do and be more expansive. And there were signs that Bielik was finding that difficult. Now I thought at the time that was potentially because other players weren't weren't showing for the ball and weren't making it easy for him. Maybe we're seeing at the moment he just needs too much time on the ball. Uh, Mowbray talked after the Swan after the Swansea game um, about wanting to wanting his midfield players just to turn it around the corner and get it into get it into the the, the, the tens or the attackers, didn't he? Really quickly, um, you know, one touch breaking, taking taking a line out, and and then you know running at a, at the defence with with guys like Miyoshi and, and Stansfield and Dembele and people like that. So. Yeah, there's a little bit of thinking to do, not just for Mowbray, but primarily for Bielik, isn't it? As 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 to he, it's 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 his career. He's the one that needs to come up with the answers. And and as you say, he's a Poland international. You you, you know he's he's been up, spent many years at Arsenal. He's been part of a good derby team. There's there's no reasons why he sh- why he shouldn't be able to come up with these answers. Um, but I, I guess for me, if if ever a Effectively playing the same position, but if if, if ever a, a stylist a style, you know, you know, a change of style magnified how what the different requirements are, albeit for someone in the same position. Then then Felix Felix's first ten games and his his last sort of fifteen are really are that because you know he's been brilliant in, at the start and then is really struggling latterly. Yeah, he has he has tailed off. Um, but yeah, I guess we've just got to hope that that he can adapt. Um, I don't, I, as I said, I don't see him as centre back. I don't think he's got the speed to play that. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, press higher and leave uh, leave defenders isolated, I don't think you want Bielik there. You know, Dion Sanderson and Kevin Long have got that turn of turn of foot, haven't they? Um, but then again, if you if you're playing, if you if you back four becomes a back three in possession and Christian Bielik's the man in the middle, then maybe he's got that added protection. Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out moving forwards. But um, yeah, Bielik has to improve. And, you know, we know 
we know, like you say, Bronny's got that quality, so hopefully he can he can start to show it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just looking at the two matches, uh, can, if we can thread anything to any, any sort of consistent observations. Um, obviously, there was the two-all draw at home to Swansea, um, a late Jordan James equaliser. Uh, really well hit, to be fair. Um, gave Blues a point on 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 Mowbray's debut, and then last night's last night's two one. So they've scored two in both of his games, which is obviously good. Um, are there any are there any sort anything sort of abiding observations or anything that comes that comes out for you from from the first two matches? The, the sort of the changes from what, what we were seeing under Rooney. Yeah, we know that Blues want to transition to this passing possession-based style of play. Mobra says he wants 60 per 60 or percent possession, 20-something shots a game. Mm. Um, Blues aren't quite at that yet, but we have, you know, probably noticed improvements on that side more quickly than expected. You know, they they had more shots than Swansea, 11 to 6. They had 47% possession against Swansea when Mobra expected Swansea, a team, you know, well-known for playing that possession-based style of football to, to dominate the ball and have 60-odd percent possession. 21 fouls, Swansea's 11, which probably shows they're aggressive in their press, and I thought they were quite effective at that against Swansea. Um, mm. Onto the Hall game, 14 shots to Hall 7, 56% possession. How many times have Blues had more possession than their opponent this season? Not many. Mm. Uh, more corners and more offsides. I don't know, we're not, we're not sitting here celebrating offsides, but at least shows Blues are playing in the right areas, doesn't it? Um, I've, I've noticed, as I mentioned, a clear structure that the Mowbray spoke about is unveiled about, you know, so many championship teams now play with two formations, one in defence and one in attack. And last night it was a 3-5-2 when they were going forward almost uh, with two false nines and and obviously back into a 4-2-3-1 when they were defending. Um, he seems to give one of the fullbacks a little bit more licence to to roam, um, which to be fair, if you look at the, the four players who you would have in Blues defence when everyone is available, which for me would be Ethan Laird at right back, Dion Sanderson, Kevin Long and Lee Buchanan. I do think those four are suited to the way Mowbray wants to play because you've got Buchanan, who's a slightly more defensively-minded left-back who can tuck in and become that extra centre-back when Blues have the ball. And you've got Ethan Laird, who has the ability to do so much damage going forward. Um, you know, I mentioned to you during this one's game, I think, about how how influential Niall Huggins was for, for Mowbray's Sunderland team. He was absolutely superb against Blues back in the uh, the November game. And he was playing at right back. But whenever Sunderland had the ball, he clearly just had the freedom to go wherever he wanted. He was popping up on the right wing. He was popping up in, in midfield positions, in number 10 positions. And he had a couple of chances in that game. So, you know, maybe Mowbray can, can give Ethan Laird some added freedom because we know he's got the, the ability to go and hurt teams. Might be harsh on Cody Jermay because he's been excellent at right back this season. But, you know, long term, Dramay at the moment isn't Blues player, Laird is Blues player. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something that I think will will become more more prevalent and prominent going forward. Um, the structure, you know, attacking in terms of the press has been much more effective. You know, we know Wayne really wanted to introduce that, but I think Mowbray has obviously tweaked something on the training ground and made more blue made Blues more effective in that press, and they are winning the ball back higher up. And we saw that against Hull. With uh, with with both goals, so um, and we saw it against Swansea as well with Hogan setting up Dembele for the goal. So 
So, uh, so yeah, I think there are, there are a lot, a lot of really positive signs, and I didn't expect to see these signs so quickly. I don't think Mowbray did either. I'm not saying Blues are going to be, you know, the team that that Mowbray and everyone wants by the end of the season, but it, it shows that these players can do it with the right coaching. Yeah, I, I I was really struck. Two things struck me at Swansea. You know, you, you're looking for the big changes in the first ten minutes, and you go, "Oh, that's that's a stark contrast." I was surprised at how um, how how high up Blues pressed. You know, it really was in in you know by the corner for the the whole the Swansea corner flag at times, wasn't it? You know, they re- they really were all over Swansea like a rash, uh, and I maybe I'd fallen for the for. For Mowbray, sort of pre-match preamble, saying that oh, if we if we get do that to do that badly against Swansea, we'll get picked off. So I was quite surprised that they they were so front-footed, and as also I was surprised at how much they played. You know, particularly you know John Ruddy um, mm. was was again. I don't want to make him out like Edison, but he, he was stroking passes around, wasn't he? And and Blues were playing a lot more football in deep positions than than I expected them to. Um, Particularly given what had been just happened for the previous three months, yeah. you know they, they tried it for tried it for two or three games. Um, it had gone really badly. You know they'd been massively open against Middlesbrough and, and and then against Hull, and then Rooney tried to put the the genie back in the bottle and be a bit more pragma, pragmatic. And still, there were times when the players seemed mm. to take it on their own and do it anyway, didn't they? But they, it just felt a little bit better at it um, on on Saturday. Uh, so I was shocked by that, and and for me, listen, this this is an absolute throwaway comment, and and it doesn't mean that one's a brilliant manager and one's a rubbish manager. Moby's demeanour on the touchline is is much more transparent than than, mm. than Rooney's, wasn't it? Now I'm I'm not what I promise you, I'm not one of these guys that thinks says, you know, if if a manager's standing impassively, then then they don't care. You know, it, it's not about body language. You can you can get a a performing chimp to come and leap around the technical area if, if that's what you want. But Mowbray is very, very transparent with his emotions, isn't he? You, you know, you you reference the the um his reactions to 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 Belix sort of mm. uh, pir- pirouetting and he'd throw his head in his hands and he or he, he, you know he'd rub his face or he, he'd turn back to the bench and you know when 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 the goals went in when Blues conceded the goal he chucked the water bottle around it, it was. It's just it's it's more entertaining. It's theatre, isn't it? You know, and and you know it's been been interesting from that point of view, just to watch Mowbray a little bit, really, because Rooney was so so impassive uh, and 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 seem. I guess he's quite a chilled back, laid back character. And it's not to say he didn't care. He wasn't taking it all in because he he clearly cared a hell of a lot. Um, but it's that's just stood out for me. I don't really yeah. know. How I've brought that up. No, to, to add to that, Brian, um, from from what I was told, speaking with uh, Pete Shuttleworth at the training ground a few a few weeks ago when he filled in for one of Wayne Rooney's press conferences, um, is that Rooney, you know, we know was quite a hot-headed player, made that kind of decision to be more of a calm coach. And I suppose he wanted to exude those messages from the touchline and that he was calm and collected. He's probably a different character behind behind closed doors. Um but Mowbray, bit of a throwback in that he's he's very animated on the touchline, isn't he? You can you can tell just from from watching him, and we we obviously sit directly behind him in the press box. Um, you know who he thinks is doing well and who he thinks is not doing so well. So uh, it helps the player ratings, that's for sure. <laughs> 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 uh, but, but yeah, um, 
it's it's refreshing to see a guy so animated on the touchline. Again, I'm not like you. I, I don't really think read too much into it in terms of what a manager is like on the touchline and whether he's calm or or you know throwing things around. Uh, but yeah, it's it's quite obvious to tell what Mowbray what Mowbray is thinking just by watching him. Um, so yeah, it's been interesting the first couple of games. Um, Brian, one thing I wanted to come on to, and I think we both have brought in agreement after the Swansea game about this, uh, but I know not everyone was, but the reaction I had to a, to a post on, on social media is that we thought Ho- Scott Hogan played quite well and was quite effective against uh, against Swansea. Um, just talk us through some of the things, you know, because I think I've said my piece, but talk us through some of the things that impressed you about his performance in that particular game. I'm actually interested that you got a bit of, bit of feedback on that as well because I did. I, I I was actually accused of being in in Hogan's pay. Joke. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah. I. Um, yeah. Listen. I just wrote that I thought Hogan played well, uh, and then suddenly mm-hmm. that that seemed to morph into a discussion about how he's never been any good for Blues and how 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 um how they need to get rid. Um, I do listen for the record as if it needs saying. Obviously, Blues need, need to part ways with with Hogan. Mm. Um, certainly, you know they don't want to be handing him another contract on the on on the terms that he's he's on at the moment, or we believe he's on at the moment. Um, he, he seems to be such a such a trigger point of a of a of a, of a player, doesn't he? You, you know, we to answer your question, I I was really impressed with the way he pressed. Um, you know, he he against Swansea, he started. He he didn't stop running. You know, there was a real conviction about his work. When when you know that's not always been obvious. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, he played a part in in the Dembele goal, albeit you know may, maybe a fairly minor one. He actually played a big part in setting Dembele up for what mm. what should what should have been two 0 at the start start of the second was it would it have been two one two one at the start of the start of the second half. But Carl Rushworth made a made a good save. Um, so yeah, I credit where it's due. Listen, in the last podcast, I I, I think I said something about the lines of I've, I've had enough of Hogan. I can't watch Hogan anymore. So credit <laughs> where it's due. The guy played well, and and saying that seems to trigger people. Uh, it's saying someone plays well is not the same as saying they need a new contract and, you know, they're the man for the next five years. Um, because I think going forward, not just Hogan, but other players as well, I, th- I think the space that them leaving will create in the budget is the main thing for, the, you know, for, for, for Blues this summer. So, yeah, listen, just thought the guy played well, was impressed by his effort level, um, thought he did a job for the team. And tellingly, um, whilst people were, you know, we were all sort of asking Tony Mowbray about it. It was kind. He kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, "Well, who else am I going to play up front?" Didn't mm. he? In in the post match press conference, yeah. Um, an admission, obviously, Duke. Uh, it would have been aware of Duke's calf injury. Um, obviously, you know, Stansfield doesn't necessarily want to play up front. I don't. I don't think mm. uh, Tyler Roberts hasn't got that that game time in 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 him yet. Um, so Mowbray, yeah, Mowbray was just like, exactly, you know, who else was it going to start? 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Yeah, I think he, a couple of other things that he pointed out in that he obviously wants to kind of look at the things that the players he's got are good at, firstly. And obviously we know Hogan's good at the press. You know, when Hogan's yeah. interested in it and he's, and he's buying into buying into what the manager's asking, then he's, he's effective at that. You know, we can all sit here and criticise some of the chances that he's missed, you know, this season and last season in particular. But he is probably the most effective pressing number nine blues have got. Um, so if he's bought into the way Mowbray wants to play and he can deliver it, then I'm all for him getting another chance. You know, we know he's not going to be here much longer. Um, mm. So, yeah. And I, another interesting thing was that Mowbray pointed out that, you know, he's had one-on-ones with every every blues player now. Uh, Mo, um, sorry, Scott Hogan was one of the first to, to, you know, knock on his door and basically demand, well, not demand, but ask for a conversation. Um, it's probably because it went so badly for him under Wayne Rooney and that he was pretty much out of the door, you know, in Rooney's final three, four weeks in the job. He didn't get in the final three scores that Rooney named um, and was cast aside. So it's a new start for him. And, you know, he's, he's for his own career as well. He's got, he's got to put himself in the shop window, hasn't he? If he's going to get a, another championship club or high-end league one club at the end of this season and get another decent contract, you know, he's 31, probably going to be his last, isn't it? So, um, yeah. I think it, it it works it works well for Blues that maybe Scott Hogan's got something to to play for going into the final six months of the season. Yeah, which we all want to point out is not the saying. So, let's, okay, let's 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 say it then Hogan plays the the, the last sort of seventeen eighteen games, scores ten goals. You're left. <laughs> <laughs> are you giving him? Are you giving him a new contract, Alex? Go on, you're Tony Mowbray. Do you give Scott Hogan a new contract? <laughs> Well, now, not now. We're, we're, not we're now. speaking high. We're speaking hypothetical, <laughs> there, Brian, aren't we? And I don't yeah, have hypothetical questions. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cheers, Joe. Uh, ten, <laughs> <laughs> ten, ten goals in seventeen games. You'd be bloody. Everyone would want to give him a contract, wouldn't they? Uh, obviously, yeah. probably not on the terms that he's on now. You'd want to bring him, bring him in line with with what everyone else who was signed last summer is on. But, um, but yeah. Uh, I mean, 10 goals in 17 games. Let's see it first, Brian. Let's see it. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> I, I, I think both parties need to go their own way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, my, it's my response to that. And and if that helps Scott get a, a good contract elsewhere, then, then I'm all for it. I want nice things for everybody. You're a nice man. Um, <laughs> next next five games, you mentioned it earlier, but Blues have got four, four away games on the spin now uh, because of that FA Cup tie at Leicester next weekend so Stoke away Leicester away West Brom away Sheffield Wednesday away before Blackburn at home um, 
what are you thinking going into these games? Because we've done these. I want to do a points prediction because I like to, you know, make fools of us. And we've done these <laughs> points predictions a few times now. And I think after Blues had a few good results over Christmas under Rooney or just before Christmas, I, I predicted they might get a seven from three and they ended up getting one. Um, so, or maybe two. Um, so, so yeah, Brian, if we're, we're excluding the Leicester game because it's a, it's a free hit, isn't it? It's a cup game. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, Enzo Maresca makes a, a load of changes and, and Blues nick a 1-0 win and go through and get a decent draw at home in the next round. But Stoke away, West Brom away, Sheffield Wednesday away, Blackburn at home. You know, Stoke have improved under Stephen Schumacher. West Brom are going very well under Carlos Corbran. Um, I think they're nailed on to finish fifth. I think they're not quite good enough to, to be in the top four, but I think they're probably too good to get dragged into that battle for sixth. Um and then you've got Sheffield Wednesday away, who have improved under under Danny Roll and Blackburn, who are having a bit of a tough time under John Dahl Thomason. Four games, Brian. Points prediction. Go. <laughs> okay, so Mowbray's got a really bad record against Stoke. Our Stoke writer Pete Smith was was mm. was desperate to point this out to me. I, I think he's got a bit of a thing rumbling along with with Stoke as well, hasn't he? I did mean to check that before we came on. Um, so yeah, I think I think they they might have stylistic differences with 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 Stoke, um, albeit maybe not the current Stoke team. Do I see Blues going and winning at Stoke? No, I'd say a draw. So that's one. Um, <clears throat> Leicester, it's a free hit. I'd love Blues to have a have a cup run. Last time they got to the fifth round was under Pep Clotet, and they went to Leicester and, and lost quite narrowly. Um, so yeah, I'd quite, I'd, I'd love Blues to get past Leicester and, you know, get, get somebody rubbish at home and get into the quarterfinals. That'd be brilliant. Um, West Brom away again. It's difficult to, mm. oh, wow. Am I, am I really going to go and say that Blues are going to beat West Brom away? Um, I suppose they have beaten Carlos Colbran. Is it the last two or the last three? Um, they they've won the, the last three. It was the last two with Colbran. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, the last I mean, time last went, four, last four, yeah, the, wasn't it? The last time they went to the Hawthorns was Steve Bruce was still manager. That was mm. the Scott. That was the Scott Hogan hat trick. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I still. That said, I still don't expect them to to go to West Brom and win. Albeit Corbrand has got that West Brom team stuck together with gaffer tape and and, and a prayer, hasn't he? They've got so many mm. injuries. So that's two draws. Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, why not? Let's go and let's go and get three at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and Blackburn at home. That's, uh, I've always been a John Dahl Thomason denier. I've got to say, <laughs> it, 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 I just—he's not a lucky manager, of course he's not. But I just think his teams are beatable, and that's even when he—he's beat his teams have beaten Blues left, right, mm -hmm. and centre. I just think you've got a chance with John Dahl Thomason. Um, one Stoke a point, West Brom a point, Wednesday three points. That's five. I'm not going to sit here and going to say going to take eight points from five games. I'll say six points. However, they come. Blackburn have the worst defense in the championship. Considered 52 goals in 27 matches. So yeah, I, I, we could see that though when Blues played them. You know, at the yeah. end of November, Blues. Yeah. I mean, went three 0 down and probably still could have won that game. It's crazy. Um, I'm going to go win against Stoke. I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be too 
too positive on this one. Win against Stoke. I think it's going to be, you know, I think Blues have Blues have had so much, you know, good fortune and look against West Bromwich Albion. It's going to run out at some point, isn't it? Um, I'll go for a defeat there because West Brom are playing well. Um, and then I'll go for a point at Sheffield Wednesday to win against Blackburn. So that's seven, isn't it? Seven from four. I'm doing it again, Brian. I'm doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I Relegation do candidates into promotion form, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Blues, I think they'll get a healthy points return from those four. And like you say, against Leicester, it's a it's a free hit, isn't it? If Blues can get through and get a get a lowly ranked team at home and get through to the quarterfinals, then fantastic. You know, this season in the league has probably gone now in terms of hopes of, of competing at the top end. So if Blues can get a little cup run, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? And give us something to extra talk about. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Moving on to to questions, Brian. Um, yeah. yeah. I've had a fair few questions this week um, and not as many takes, but questions-wise, we're going to start with Adam at Deprived KRO, and it's fair to say Blues fans have been deprived of the last 12 or 13 years. Uh, a question for you both. Would you sell Jordan James if it would improve the team or wait till the end of the season? Also, would you move, look at moving on Bielik and Longello in the summer? Um, Brian, I'm going to take the last part of that question first. Bielik and Longello. I think we touched on Bielik. It's down to him to prove that he can be part of the the new format and way of playing going forward. Longello is still young. You know, he's still mm. learning. He's got to improve defensively to be a left back, but he's got so much quality going forward. I think Mowbray is going to see something to work with there. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the, the the Blues press teams kind of tease me about liking Longello and yes I, I know so many defensive shortcomings even last night there were issues like can, could you have done better on on Hull's goal um, you know maybe covered across and, and blocked the run potentially Longello has got a long way to go but he also has things that I think Mowbray will you know that sort of X factor I think Mowbray could find those potentially quite exciting if he can develop Longello then 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 Blues could could have a, a good player down the road. I'm certainly not for um, not for for selling Longello just for the sake of it. I'd like I'm, I like to see where he is, you know, after half a season under Mowbray. And yeah, I agree with Bielik. It's it's the balls in Bielik's court. Which brings wow. us to Jordan James, doesn't yeah. it? You, yeah. You can go, you, um, do you want to go? Yeah, go on. So this is this is obviously you know this is. For me, Blue's January transfer window, Jordan James is probably it. So if Mowbray's talked about it at length in that there's obviously a team very interested in him in, in Serie A side of Atalanta and bids have been rejected already. They've clearly not hit the number Blue's want. Uh, we don't know that number, can't claim to know that number. Um, some people have, have asked us to, to discuss what a fair price would be for Jordan James at the moment. Brian, if we're saying that, I think a player who scored six goals from midfield in, let's face it, half a season because he wasn't getting looking under John Eustace. Um, Wales international, fully fledged now, getting rave reviews there. 19 years old. I think you've got to be looking probably eight million, seven, eight million. I know he's not had, you know, a fantastic time in the championship, but he's been very good this season. He's obviously making waves in the international stage. I think you've got to be looking at seven or eight million. You know, and that's not me saying that with any knowledge of what Blues want for Jordan James. But I think if you look at that figure, um, Tony Mowbray could sign two or three quality players in this window that could come straight into the Blues setup and, and make a difference. Um, am I saying I'd sell Jordan James? I'm not saying I'd sell him because I think when you sell a player of 19, 
who hasn't had that much game time and hasn't done that much, then you're probably going to look at it further down the line and think, oh, we made an error there when he's playing in the Champions League or European football for Atlanta and doing really well. And he's still a regular for Wales. Um, if he does go, I'd like to see a nice little sell-on percentage in there. Similar to the deal with Jude Bellingham, I think there's obviously going to be money to be made for whoever does sign Jordan James. I think he's going to have a good career. So, you know, if he comes back to the Premier League in, in three years for £25 million, I'd want I'd like to be safe in the knowledge that Blues are getting a slice of that. Mm. Um, but if they can do that business this window, we do know money is very tight. Um, and it's not been helped by the two managerial payoffs they've had because they've sucked two managers this season. But... Yeah, if they can do that deal and Mowbray's on board, I think we've got to trust him. He's done it before at West Brom. He sold players there back in the day when I think their fans weren't quite sure, but he, he ended up signing players with the money that he created. So I think you've got to trust Mowbray. He's, you know, he's an experienced manager at this level. If he is happy with the money they're getting for James and can see two players that could come in with the money it creates, then you know that's what's going to happen. But obviously, Jordan James has got to want to move as well. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, seven, eight million. I would agree with that. What I would say about James is I was a little bit skeptical. I wasn't sure quite what kind of player he was. Mm. Um, you know, until quite recently, actually, to Mm. to be fair, you know, um, we're talking months here rather than, you know, a couple of years. Um, I actually think he's starting to look, play football like a, like a, like a man now. And he, he affects games, doesn't he? Um, I think he's, if you're looking at the best day, I don't think that Blues necessarily, I don't think Blues are in danger of going down this season. So I would back Mowbray to coach them into a, co- into a coherent side to keep them clear. If you, the, So the, the next stage of that is, so I don't think they need to sell Jordan James now to buy players to keep them up. So mm. I'd potentially like to, like to see him carry on developing, carry on play, um, scoring goals, affecting games. And if he's got 10, 12 mm-hmm. from from midfield by the by the end of the season and potentially I think Wales have got plenty of work to do to get to the euros but if he if if he does get to the euros and, and has a good euros there then you, you know you you may even be talking 9 10 mightn't you um which you know in today's market would go a very very long way so for me I think I'm just in the not sell camp unless it's an absolute knock your socks socks knock your socks off offer Maybe more than that, Brian. You look at I'm I'm not comparing players, but because but Alex Scott from Bristol City, similar age, Jordan James went to Bournemouth last year for like 25 million. Yeah. Uh, I know he's probably more an exciting number 10 type player um than than Jordan James. He's probably more of a sees himself as a six, probably an eight at a push. But yeah, what if he stays and scores 10 goals? Alex Scott didn't score 10 goals in the championship last season. So, you know. Before the age of 20, Jordan James could have almost 100 first-team appearances. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he would be worth worth good money. Um, I don't think there's a there's a, a real lose situation for Blues with as far as this goes because I think Mowbray seems relaxed either way. If if he can, if Jordan James goes and Blues get, as long as they get a good fee and a, and a potential sell-on and it brings in players, then that's fine. If he stays, we know he's gonna his value is only going to increase from here. So so I think it's probably a bit of a, a win-win situation. Um, mm. Adam Nicholas, uh, next question. Is Bielik at centre-back now a real option for Tony Mowbray? Where do you see him fitting in? The midfield set up speed and press after the subs. 
against Hull was the best I've seen for some time. Brian? Is he, I mean, you've taught me taught me in by making reference to Lyndon Gooch and, and Luke O'Neill that maybe Mowbray will turn him into a centre back. My, my my initial reaction is no. I don't I don't think he's athletic enough. Um, you know, he's not as quick as, as Sanderson. It doesn't look mm. like from the outset, uh, from you know, just from the eye test. I would say no. I'd be I wouldn't fancy that for him or for Blues. Um, I still see his role going forward as as a central midfielder, albeit someone we've said that, you know, as a six, someone that we've said that needs to, the ball's in his court and, you know, he, need, he needs to make the step up to to, to play, play effectively under Mowbray. So, yeah, Mowbray's got a record of, of, of makeshift centre-backs. Um, O'Neill's quite quick and, and nimble and Gooch's as well. And I don't see that sort of physical agility from from Bielik to be a reliable centre-back, particularly one, you know, where in, in a system where Blues are potentially going to play quite a high line. High line. You? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. No, I, th- I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement on that. The, the only thing I would say is that, you know, if it does become a back three, in possession, I think that gives him a little bit of extra protection if he's playing in the middle, particularly if he's got two full-backs, i.e. Buchanan, Drame, or even Dion Sanderson, who's quite quick on the outside of him. That would help. Um, maybe Bielik would be better in possession in a Mowbray team if he's got more of the game in front of him and isn't isn't under so much such pressure when he gets on the ball, which is always the case in midfield. If he's just one layer back, then, then he'll obviously have more time. We saw that in the second half against Hall. Um, yeah, as you said... Balls in Beal, it's cool. He needs to make sure that he fits in because he, he's good enough to, let's be honest. Um, yeah. Next question from Paul Spindler. Does the mood inside the camp seem good? Players seem happier. Um, you know, Blues lost nine in 15 under Rooney. They're unbeaten in three since he left. Um, it's, 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 it's the, I'm, I'm not saying that players are, you know, running around smiling and, and happy that, you know, Rooney's gone or whatever, but the, the performances uh, seem more coherent. They seem to understand what they're doing a little bit more now. Um, and I, I can only, you know, the difference between Mowbray and Rooney, in my opinion, one of the main differences I've noticed is their characters are very different. Um, I'm not saying Rooney's a dour guy or, you know, whatever. He, he's a very pleasant guy. Uh, as we said earlier, very calm. Um, Mowbray's extremely upbeat. Is one of the things that I've noticed about him. 
in that he, he's probably someone who I can imagine would pick players up quite quickly. He did say that in his first press conference in that, you know, even if his team loses on a Saturday, he gets over it by Monday. He can't come in still mm. being miserable and uh, and letting that, you know, transmit to the players. He's, he's a singer, as we know. Uh, you know, he's probably going <laughs> to gonna get people up by that when he when he's walking around whistling and singing on a, on a Monday morning. Um, he speaks a lot about focusing on the players' strengths and what they're good at. And, and players in, na- in nowadays, they do... Sorry, my earphones fell out. They do like to... I think positive message reinforcement is such a big thing in football and coaching now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember watching John Euston. I hate to harp back, but he was he was very good at that. I thought I saw Liam Rossini in the whole game, bright up and coming young coach, very big on you know positive messages every time Hall played out from the back in the way he wanted. He was clapping and you could hear him. Mowbray seems similar on the touchline. Yes, we can see when he's not happy with someone, but we can also see when he when he is happy and when something goes well. So. Um, the players, I mean, you never really notice a great change or difference in their demeanour when you speak to them from time to time. Um, you could see that they were frustrated and upset with with the results and, and performances under Rooney whenever I was speaking to them after games. Um, and you can see they're a little bit more upbeat now. You know, when you speak to them after the game, I spoke to Kevin Long after Swansea and, and uh, Janine Bakuna after the, the Hall win. So, um, yeah. I don't know. It seems it seems like they 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 know their jobs now. That's the one thing I will say. I don't think they're running around smiling, and they weren't running around smiling. Rooney, you know, results breed confidence, don't they? And I think the, the last three performances since Rooney have, has left have, have been a clear and obvious improvement for me. Yeah, well, I, again, I don't know if they're happy. I don't speak to them, and to the extent that you do. Um, Feels like they've got more energy. I, I, I thought even under Steve Spooner, Spooner at Hull, I felt they had more energy. Um, so that that you know that that potentially is 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 significant. And it also felt like they were just losing a little bit of faith, or, or the confidence was being eroded with, with what had gone before. So that, those are my observations. Mm. Uh, last question, uh, Alex Hands, and we have got a few on the uh, the theme of transfers. Have you heard anything on any progress regarding potential incomings and outgoings? Um, Brian, it has been, to be fair, quite a quiet window for Blues mm. so far. And I think we expected this a little bit because uh, the bigger window is going to come in the summer. That's the impression we're getting. Uh, we had that impression from Tom Wagner, uh, from his address at the Open House. We had that impression from speaking to Gary Cook. We had that impression from Wayne Rooney. And now we're getting that impression from Tony Mowbray as well. Because there are so many players out of contract in the summer some of the bigger earners as well from the the pre-pandemic contact contract so you know notable changes can be made um with regards to this window i think if wayne rooney was here blues would have been a little bit busier by now uh he was quite keen to get some some fresh faces into the building um but that's always something a manager will, will be keen to do when results are going going poorly mowbray very much kind of seeing what he's got I think I do. Th- I do still think Blues will do a little bit of business. I think mm. it could. It could, as I mentioned earlier, depend on whether whether Jordan James moves on for good money or not. But even if he doesn't, I would still expect Blues to to strengthen in a couple of areas. Where they strengthen, I'm not so sure at the moment. Um, under Rooney, I would have said spine of the team. Mowbray could see things differently. I, I still do think they're a, a little bit light at centre back. Um, a ball playing centre back could go a long way, in my opinion. Uh, potentially a, a, a solid number six, but I'm I'm also willing to give Christian Bielik 
the benefit of the doubt and chance to prove himself in the remaining 19, 20 games of this season. And because of the injury to Lukas Djukovic and the fact Mowbray is coming in instantly moved Jay Stansfield back a, back a position, um, I think Blues are pretty light up front. So maybe a striker who fits the Mowbray mould um, as a more energetic front man, a younger front man. Um, might be an option too, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. I don't think there'll be a lot of business between now and the end of the window. No, not. <clears throat> I think there'll be one or two. I wouldn't be surprised if they're mainly loans. Um, mm. I think that might be the route they go down. Normally, at this time of window, the jungle drums have started beating a little bit. I, I think they stopped entirely um, during the management change and, and, and search for a new manager uh, for understandable reasons. Uh, not really here, one or two sort of things which I couldn't stand up at the moment, just a couple of a bit of gossip, but yeah, I, I it won't be no one, but it won't be many, would be my take. Uh, just a one take this week, uh, from Mick, regular listener. Did you notice in just his second game, we are already seeing us in front on possession stats with the same players the previous managers had? That's really impressive, uh, this early on. From from Tony Mowbray, uh, we did touch on that a little bit earlier, and I, you know, I, I I don't know off the top of my head, and I really should have researched it before we started. But I've been looking at the possession statistics a hell of a lot this season. I was making the comparison between Wayne Rooney and John Eustace, and it was it was uh, it was interesting that John Eustace's team actually had more possession on average than Wayne Rooney's. Rooney was down at forty one point seven percent across his fifteen games average. Uh, Mowbray already has a 56% possession. I can only say maybe three or four games this season, Blues have, have had more of the ball. So that's a really positive sign for me if they're doing that already against a whole team that, that are used to having a lot of the ball under Liam Rossinia and have been coached that way for, for 18 months now. Um, I think it's only going to get better going forward. Mowbray wants more of the ball. He wants more shots. He's going to create a team that are comfortable in possession. He knows how to find those sorts of players. Um, but yeah, I agree with with Mickey. It does bode very well. Yeah, and it's interesting. They've had they had 47% against Swansea as well, uh, which, I, which you said earlier was not what Mowbray was expecting. It's interesting, you know, how, how the players seem to be have a little bit more belief and a little bit more confidence to possess the ball and, and not just get rid of it. Now, the, the, the next stage is moving it quickly, isn't it? Um, mm. You know, and getting it into into attacking positions. Um, but yeah, pleasing signs there. And as, as I said earlier, a surpri- slightly surprised at how much they did play and how deep they played from against Swansea. But um, yeah, um, as, as I've always said, Tony Mowbray is a man who, who knows what the roadmap looks like. And he seems to have already got a handle on, on where Blues are on that roadmap. And uh, hopefully good progress to come along it. Yeah, definitely proven at this level. And um, I'm sure the players obviously seen that as well and um, are clearly already buying into his methods. Um, I think that just about wraps things up, Brian. Um, thank you for uh, for everyone who, who's listening. Um, thank you to everyone who sent in the questions and takes as ever. Um, really important part of the podcast. And uh, hopefully we're celebrating a first win for Tony Mowbray in the championship at Stoke City this weekend. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening and a keep right on from both of us.